What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the one and only Growing Together podcast. My name is Kaylin. I'm Kyra. And we're here to walk with you through life, faith, relationships, and money. Kyra, how's it going? Man, I feel like it's been a long time since we recorded, but it hasn't been that long. It feels like it's been a minute, minute. We had to like do our, fix our set and everything. It felt like it's been forever, but it hasn't been that long. I think, what happened last time? It, it feels we like had it's been to, like We weeks. had to double record our episode last time. Remember we said? What do you mean? We, re- we sat down and we recorded probably like 20 minutes and then we were like, scrap yeah, it, re-record. Okay. Yeah. So it feels like we've made a lot more content than we have. And then a couple times before that, we recorded the whole episode, remember? And then we were like, we slept on it and we were like, no, this cannot go out into the world. <laughs> so we re-recorded that the next day. Yeah. Okay. So it feels like we've been doing weekly episodes when we've still been doing bi-weekly just because yeah. we've messed up a few times, but hopefully no mess ups tonight. No, no mess ups. So how's your week going? It's good. I um I went on a little retreat. They we're not allowed to call it a retreat, but it was a retreat essentially. But it was more. It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so it wasn't like a weekend thing. Um, and we were in Colorado. Basically, no service at all. I went to the same one last year. We probably talked about it on the podcast too last year when I went. Last year, I didn't feel like I really took any like aha moment away. Like it was great. It was relaxing. It was like fun. Um. But I was also suffering a massive, massive ear infection. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but I literally lost hearing in my ear for multiple months, like completely not able to hear. Went to the doctor, had to get put on antibiotics. Like it was, why are you laughing? It's just funny because this, this place that Kyra's talking about, like I've, I've also been to. Yeah. He's been like so five times. We've been I've only going been twice. since 2020. And the first time that I went, awesome. Right. But every other time that I've gone, <laughs> I've been sick too. <laughs> Yeah, it's so weird. So, so like one time I literally didn't even have my voice. Yeah, but he went, he literally <laughs> could not talk, like had no voice at all. The last time he was supposed to go, he had to cancel the day of because woke up and like literally could not get out of bed. I got COVID. It had to be COVID. Maybe, yeah, probably. And then you didn't even like, it wasn't like, a, oh, I could just push through. It's a little cold. Like it was mm-hmm. like either the flu or like COVID or something like that. And then... I went massive ear infection for the first time, but I'm like, it's my first time I got to go. I felt like the entire time I was like, huh, what? Can you repeat that? What? Cause it's like 67 plus people, like 67 plus women. And so it's just talk, 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 talk the entire time. So it's so hard when you're just in a room full of people talking, you can't hear. Um, but this time I felt like I had such a great experience. Like before I went, I was praying that God would like keep my memory because one thing about me whenever I travel I always forget core things about myself and it's just this very weird very weird thing like one time I traveled so this girl had asked me like oh how long how long have you been married something I should know right I literally could not remember I couldn't even guess I couldn't even remember what year it was what year we got married like I literally could not remember another year somebody asked me um, or maybe that same year, maybe a year later, someone had asked me, what's the name of your book? Yeah. Could not remember. I was there for that one. And Could I, not remember. I let, I let us just like, just drown in the silence. I was like, Is she's she asking you. <laughs> so. And then, yeah, I can't believe you didn't answer though. Like was, you should have answered I that. I let like 15 seconds pass. So I was just like is she acting or is she for real right now you was for real you should have said but i'm actually kind of i did i ended up telling her okay this is our book this is what yeah but after i was like i don't remember 
I had to like say something. She she was a, she she was sweet about it. <laughs> She's just <yes>. like. <laughs> <laughs> she probably think I didn't even write. Kaylin was like, she probably one hundred percent you got, think you got a ghostwriter. Like she don't uh, think you wrote that book. Yeah, she don't do that. But uh, I mean, that book is your life though, so it's like okay. Like, how do you not know the title of it? So anyway, then last year when I went on the oh, same trip, I, I actually no. In your defense, the title was up in the air. Because the title that our book ended up being like going by yeah. was not the title that we was didn't. in our proposal. Right, right, right. So in your defense, you did know the name of your book, but it wasn't what you wanted it to be. They changed it. Right. Okay. Sure. If we want to get me out of that one. Last year, same trip, driving from the airport to the ranch. And somebody asked me, what school do you go to? What's your kids' names? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's right. I told my friend. So this is what I did. Last year, I was like, okay, so this is probably going to happen. So when we got in the car, I was like, I'm just letting everyone know. There's something about when I travel. I don't know what it is. I just forget key parts of my life that I partake in. Like, what's your husband's name? I don't know. It's like that. Like, it's stuff that I absolutely know. You, you know? think it's because you're nervous? No. Because like even the car I rode in last year, people, all people that I knew. I just wonder because it's like, okay, I can understand if it's like a nerve thing, but I mean, first impressions, they do matter so much. So I just wonder how many yeah. times, I mean, okay, for me, you might forget something, but I always put my foot in my mouth. Like <laughs> I will say something that I'm not supposed to say. Yeah. And I mean, my personality is already Give us, give us an example. <laughs> we, uh, I remember <laughs> up with these YouTubers one time, this was like five, six years ago. Um, we're at the W. When Drake came with the song, I'm at the W, but I don't see you in a lot. Right, I'm just it wasn't at that time. But that's what I was thinking. I was living that life, right? So we meet up with these uh, this, these YouTube couples. And they're older than us. Also, mind you, Kaylin and Kyra at this time were like 19, 20 years old. And yeah. I, was I was 19 for sure. What I notice or what I'm noticing now is a lot of people are insecure about their age. Like, I don't know why, but our culture, our society has made it seem like aging is a bad thing so we don't honor people who are older so a lot of people again are insecure about their age so me being the ditz that i was at the time and not understanding that i was just like oh yeah you know like all of our friends are people like your age or we hang out with people all the time that are like your age and i think i think another thing you had said is like you had brought up somebody who's like the same age as them and like how they're older you had said something like you basically called them old. No, I wasn't calling them old. You I was weren't. bringing up the fact that they were older. But why were you are. even bringing that? Because like they. <laughs> and they were probably they like our age now. No, no they, they were a little no, older. They're, but They're probably still about 10 years older than we are right now. Okay. Yeah. So they, they were, were barely 30. They were almost 20 years older than us. They were. They were about 15, 16, 17 years older than us. Really? Yes. One of them had kids as in the double digits. Oh, but maybe they had them young. I don't know. That's crazy, though. So anyway, that's my thing. Last time, actually, the first time the girl who asked me in 2020, how long have you guys been married? I didn't know. And so I had to bring it up. I think it was two years later. I brought it up in 2020 and I was like, hey, I discovered something about me that I don't know what is happening, but you would ask me how long I'd been married. I literally cannot remember. I felt like I couldn't engage in conversation. I just wanted to apologize. I don't know if that like there rubbed you the go. wrong way or whatever. And she literally, I don't know. Maybe she was just like trying to be nice or whatever, but she is actually who drove me from the airport to the resort oh, got you. this last time. So well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got a chance to redeem yourself. 
I know, me too. That, stuff like that. Like she we didn't care. I doubt moment. she even remembered. She and also, okay, this is this is what I think it actually is. I think that I actually not even. I think I get elevation sickness. Mm. The first time I went, the time she I couldn't. She asked me how long I'd been married. I ended up throwing up a few hours later, be, and I was just like, I remember talking to her and just being like, I don't in my mind, like I don't know what's going on, but I do not feel good at all. This resort or ranch that we're at for the past two years is actually even higher in elevation. So it's no wonder that I like travel and I just am like, I just don't feel good. I mm-hmm. feel like I can't think like se- severe brain fog, I yeah. think is what it is. So this, before this time, I was just like praying that God Altitude, would like that, that has keep my work, memory. The oxygen, the air being thinner. I don't know. Um, but it's drier air than we're used to now being in the thin. South. <laughs> um, the air is. And don't get me started thin. about the altitudes or the altitudes, <laughs> because going to that elevation when you as Below sea, I don't, I don't know if we're below sea level, but however, everyone's high we are, stomachs just go. Yeah, you start getting super gassy. But yeah. okay, so you had a, a, a good time. I had a time? great time. Okay, I posted a little recap on Instagram if you want to see. So, what did you learn? Did you learn anything good? Was it um, re- was it a little R and R? Was it like revelatory? Was God speaking to you? Um, I mean, the first so the first thing they basically ask in introductions is like, say your name. And the benefit is like, I already know what most I probably say like at least half the people in the room. So it's not like you go into it and you're like, I don't know anybody. It's that. And then it's also whatever said in the room, like cannot go outside of the room. So there's like this privacy, you feel safe. You can't tell and then that. it's also like, just because we're doing this and because we're women do not feel like you know, you have to cry or have this like super emotional experience because I feel like that's kind of an easy thing for us to fall into is just be like hyper emotional. And that's like the focus of the entire time. And it's like, don't feel pressure to like overshare and just like cry over everything that's going on in your life. Like that's not what we're doing. We're not just like dumping on everybody. Um, and so if you just feel like this is a controlled, safe environment um, and you can share what you want and you don't have to share what you don't, ha- what you, what you don't want to. Um, so like the biggest thing is like you introduce yourself in the beginning and then you say like your pain point or whatever. And I didn't even, it was the same question they asked last year. So I already knew mm. when we first sat down, they were like, so what are we doing? And I was like, yeah, they're going to ask you your pain point. Like I just, uh. I feel it. I know it's coming. And so they were like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. Were you rehearsing yours? Um, no, I actually, I didn't know what I was going to say. Did you go with baggage? Like, did you go needing to like, no, I, I really, I didn't go with like, Oh, I'm hoping to receive a word from God or like, I'm hoping to receive some kind of like confirmation. You're not mad about the house. You had nothing. You wasn't mad about me with nothing. You're not overwhelmed with your kids, school or nothing. You just, no, actually, but I did gain a lot, which I didn't. I think that's like the beautiful thing is you God knows what we need even when we can't put a word to it. And so anyway, we were there and just based on like other people sharing, you're like, oh, maybe that's true for me too. Or like, oh, I didn't think about that. In the end, we had like this whole time of confession. It felt like half an hour of just like doors closed. Like everyone is just like confessing and repenting for certain sins. And it just felt so like, I remember, um, I don't know what I can, what I can say and what I can't say, say but I remember, um, somebody saying like, uh, it feels like no one is leaving here hopeless. Mm. Like it wasn't one of those like times of repentance and confession where everything just feels like dark and sad and like, oh, now we're just going to get on the plane and go back home. And like, we just, we feel empty. Like, I feel like everybody, even in our like lowest, most embarrassing sins and like moments of repentance, like out loud, like voicing our deepest, darkest, we were still also hopeful. And I feel like that I was like, 
oh, I'm actually like leaving here with this like skill, like with something in my arsenal. And I know that confession and repentance is like something you should be practicing. And I do feel like I practice confession and repentance like pretty well, but never have I ever done it to that extent of just like sitting in it. Yeah. And it's cool because kind of as time goes on, you know, you feel people kind of like, okay, more comfortable to share. And it just gets like deeper, deeper, deeper. Like the, the first confessions or little things are super surface level. Yeah. And then like, as you go on and on, it's like, oh, that's more of an ugly one. You got to see who you can trust. And like a lot of people, um, especially like in the Christian faith, obviously confession, repentance is like integral to it. Like you cannot get away from that. Well, we grow so much from that. And I mean, the Bible even talks about how we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Like we need to be in community. Um, But sometimes it's hard to find that community when you do social media or or when you're like a, I would say like a public figure, uh, front facing. Um, you can tell somebody something and they can go and tell your business. And next thing you know, like you could be telling a gossip. So I know that a lot of people that go to the type of retreat that we're talking to, um, they're also kind of doing this, the similar thing. Yeah. Maybe they're authors, maybe they're athletes, maybe they're entrepreneurs, CEOs, whatever. Um, I know in their life, it's also probably hard to like right. find that. So right. it's also and easier it's, to confess to strangers sometimes. Sometimes. So like, yeah. Um, not only are, are they doing what you're doing, but they're also a stranger. So yeah. as you gain that trust, you can just kind of yeah. confide in them. And we know too, it's like a, this gathering is specifically like super selective invite only. Like there isn't a website you can go to, to like find more information. Like it's not like that. Um, but I would say one of the biggest things that I was like, I just needed a reminder of is I don't need to prove myself mm. to anyone. I don't need to prove why I make certain decisions and live in that like proof. Like, oh, I need to show everybody and tell everybody why I did this thing or explain it away. Like, what if instead I'm just like, I live in the freedom that I already have. And when people question me on it, I need Jesus. Like, Mm. I'm not even going to try to claim to be perfect or claim that the decision I made was even maybe the right one. Like, maybe it isn't the right one. That's why I need Jesus. So, and that that's such a foundational concept. But to me, I was like, that is so true. Because I didn't even realize how much I tried to like prove myself or prove the decision I'm making is right. And then I end up living in this and I'm like, okay, once I prove to everyone, then I can come back and live in this beautiful life that I've been blessed with and gifted with. Once I prove to everybody that I deserve this thing. Who cares if anybody thinks that I deserve it? Who cares if anybody thinks that I need to be living a more uncomfortable life or in my, how, how much abundance I have, I need to be doing A, B, and C. Like, you don't, you don't even know. And a lot of the stuff that I would have to do to like prove that I am living right with God is like so personal and really none of anybody's business. So I just live kind of in this teetering of like, I need to prove so that I can come back over here and just like live. And it's like, what if I just lived? What if I just lived? And if people try to question me, I need Jesus. That makes sense. I mean, it's that really makes sense to me. Um, people's <laughs> unsolicited expectations for you. Um, I think we can feel the weight of that sometimes. Yeah. Where it's like, even if they aren't um, saying it like explicitly to us, we can see how they're looking at us and understand that they want us to be doing something different or the way that they treat us would lead us to believe right. that they don't really agree with how we're living. Right. And 
like you said, sometimes we've got to take a step back and say, um, do I fear God or do I fear a man? Right. Because God knows why I'm making the decision that I'm making, and it could be right or wrong, but I trust that he will convict me and through the right. Holy Spirit sanctify me and bring me in to the right decision. Right. Because it's like all the people who have these expectations and that are judging you, it's like, are you praying for me? And like, that's what I really need. Part of this too, I think even more than the man, like fear of man, it's fear that I am making the wrong decision. So I'm, I'm trying to prove myself to God. I'm trying to prove oh. to him that my heart is in the right place. And it's like, because I fear God so much to a, to a point where it's unhealthy to where I feel like I have to prove myself, I'm afraid that if I don't prove myself to him, then he will do something and take this away from me. What is this? Like, what? this is like the blessing and joy of my life. What are you most afraid of losing? Um, I mean, like, the, bo- one, the boy's dying. Or something like that. Like something so catastrophic. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to live here and like prove to God that I do love him and I do want to make the right decision. But I get like, what is that called? Like paralyzed in this area where I'm like, okay, I will be able to like go back to my family and like live in peace and freedom and joy once I prove to God so that he doesn't take this away from me. That's such an interesting way of thinking because I know, I know you. And I know that you don't believe in the prosperity gospel, but this seems like a like inverse of it where it's like, if I do this, then it guarantees that I won't suffer or I I guarantees that something bad won't happen to me when it's like, we know God doesn't necessarily work like that. Right. Where like, obviously there are things that we can do that are outside of God's design that will guarantee chaos. And there are things that we can do that can position ourselves living um, the way that God has told us to living within God's order that can give us the best opportunity at success. And at the very least could bring order to our life. But whether we do it or not, doesn't mean that God is mad at us. Right. And And that's going to punish us. Now, since we are his children, he may, you know, discipline us. He may, what's the word? um, John 15, uh, like abiding, I'm being connected to the vine. He chastens us. Um, but but that doesn't mean he's literally thing. going to kill my kids because I didn't do this. That's thing. like bordering intrusive thought. But mixing well, yeah, that with I like think, God. And- I think I definitely do have some, you know, that was, that's a whole <laughs> different topic. I definitely have some underlying things because of the issues with my extended family. Like, of course, that I would fear that God is going to take this like very good thing away from me because I whatever decisions I make. Mm -hmm. And it's like, at the end of the day, God knows that the decisions I make, he's not like, okay, make this decision, but then be afraid of the decision that you made. You know, like be afraid that that wasn't the right one. And he's like purposely being like, well, I'm going to withhold my voice from you. I'm going to withhold the Holy Spirit from you so that you can't actually make a good decision. And then I'm going to punish you for that. Like that is not how God operates at all. He's not trying to trick us. He's not trying to do a gotcha. And he's so much more gentle in his correction most of the time. Like he's, (laughs) so anyway, yeah, that's, that's what I'm like. And so many other women came up to me and not even hearing what this person, this, everything I just said came from one person. And they all came up to me and was like, whether God is calling you to this one thing or this thing, like you can make that decision and then just like walk in that decision. Like this is your, this is me just like letting you know you can make a decision and you can walk in that and it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. 
Like it doesn't mean something bad is going to happen to you or people you love. And I'm like, okay, I want to believe you, but I think I am like, that's true. God is not waiting for me to make a decision so that he can like, you know, he can swap me. Like it's not how he exists at all. And that's also not my experience with him at all. It's just like my own fears. Yeah. My next statement, and then I want you to um, tell me how you feel about it or, or really how you felt about it. Because obviously I'm, I am over I'm the moon that you have finally decided to do what you're doing. But I can't help but feel like as your husband that I am a failure because oh. this is something that not only did I decide last year, but I also decided five plus years ago um to to do and i felt like as a husband that part of the leadership would be making that decision and acting as a covering over you so you wouldn't have had to experience everything that you've experienced and part of that is because um i should make a write a whole thesis on how i think that being decisive is a very it's a it's a it's a quality that men should strive for more you really should i could see you totally writing a book on decision making as a whole because that's because that is very very hard okay it's so hard and i would be blessed so much through that process but being decisive is i would i want to say it's a masculine quality because everybody should be but like as a leader um in a biblically patriarchal society like men need to lead and a lot of these times um, women have to make decisions on hard things because men won't rise to the occasion and do it. So it's like, if you won't, she will, cause she has to, cause where are you? And we can. So part of me is just like, man, is this my fault that it took this long to get here? And what did, what did you feel like when I was trying to make that decision for us? Did you feel like, no, Caitlin, I get what you're trying to do, but it needs to be me. Like, what did you feel throughout all that? This show is sponsored by better help. As you guys know, I've had quite the journey of learning myself, getting to know myself. And I'm sure you guys know that doing that is such a lifelong process, especially because every month, it seems like every year, we're always growing and continually changing. This is why we're such advocates of BetterHelp, because first of all, BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from where you currently are. I think it can be really helpful to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy doesn't have to be for people who have experienced severe trauma or anything like that. It can literally be, oh, I just want to know more about myself. I really want to understand maybe what my hobbies are, what really makes me tick, what really encourages me, and really get into the nitty gritty of self-awareness and understanding. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash growing together today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash growing together. No, I definitely felt that the decision was right. Like I, I didn't want you to make that decision. But I wasn't necessarily reluctant. By the time you actually were like, okay, I think this is what we should do. I was like, yeah, I agree. Because at this point, like, I'm actually getting, like, hurt emotionally and also physically sometimes. And so, like, it actually became dangerous. 
And that's where I was like, okay, now, yeah, we, I definitely support your decision. And I, I don't want to make the decision because I don't even want this to be happening in the first place. Right. That's more where I'm coming from. Like, I wish that this never happened. And I hate that I'm even being forced to co-sign this decision because I don't even want this to be existing. I don't even want this to be a problem in my life. Um, as far as like this last year and this year, I mean, I think even if, I think sometimes I have to come to the conclusion on my own. Like sometimes, and honestly, a lot of this, I didn't even real, I couldn't even put words to all of this until I was in Colorado. So it's not like I was struggling with this whole idea because life just goes on. You know, you just go day by day and then you go to the mountains and you have no reception and you slow down and it's like, oh wow, I have so much anxiety. I cannot go to sleep. I'm literally like profusely sweating. Um, and then I just like also was just like realizing how many triggers I have. And I'm like, this is actually taking so much more away from me than I ever thought. Like I was, I've been living like I'm afraid that God is going to take something from me, but actually this situation is taking the most from me. And it's this like such this evil divisive, like I don't, I can't even describe it. Like it's just this evil situation. And it's like, I attributed all of that to God when that is not him whatsoever. But it, I didn't really realize until I got out of just like the you know, daily parts of life. It's like, I'm making the boys lunches. So I'm not really thinking about what's really going on. And that's why I was talking about that time of like confession and repentance, because when the doors are shut, no one's phones are going off. Like you're, you don't have any reception and you just sit there for an hour. You really get at the, get to the heart of like, what exactly am I believing about God and believing about myself and believing about whatever my life situation it's like the theology of your life, basically. Like, what am I believing about my life? And what have I been believing that says about God falsely? Yeah, that's a, that's what I was going to mention, too, is like your theology of God at that time. Like, believing because, those things about yeah. him was just not good. Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's it, it was so sneaky. And it was in just like the hustle and bustle of life. And like, oh, this like teetering depression that I was in, but thinking like, oh, I just need to take more vitamin C or like, you've been seeing me like, yeah, oh, I've I just known, need to I've take my iron. Time, but I guess like what I'm really kind of getting at is it's like, I feel like there's nothing that I can do that you won't allow me. Right. And that's the beautiful idea of like, um, biblical submission for women. Like obviously in a feminist culture, that is not something that women ever want to hear. And in some cases, it could be for good reason. Like men have failed the standard that God has called us to so greatly that it has made women afraid to want to submit. So if I'm not going to submit to somebody who can do better than I can do by myself, then why would I do that anyway? Yeah. So I, I get that. But in instances like this, I felt like where you lacked, I had an abundance. Where your weaknesses were, I had strengths. And when you felt drained, I felt full and I was ready you know, to battle. And I felt like that I had made the right answer, not only for, I made the right decision, not only for me, but for you and for our family. And I felt like it was hard for you to just trust that and get under that covering. And as a result, you had to kind of feel how you felt. Yeah. But I don't know if I would have it. I don't, I think that the way that um, I've, I've structured that could be wrong because I don't know if I regret how everything happened yeah. because I feel like your understanding and 
just what you've learned through going through this by yourself and finally deciding to release by yourself without me has been great for you. But throughout the process and because of how long it's taken, I feel like in a lot of ways we have gotten the the butt end of that because you haven't been fully healthy. You haven't been fully happy. And it's interesting too, because even when like you're, you were saying that, I am like getting on board without you having to initiate, you know, the boat basically getting on the boat. But it's funny because you were actually encouraging the opposite earlier this year. Well, I I, I had to do that because the initial decision I made a long time ago, um, it was the right decision. And I knew that it was the logical conclusion that we end up at. But I, I learned about me that I don't like to, pity patty around in the middle i I'm, I'm visionary in a lot of ways so i can like see where i am and i can see where i'm going mm-hmm. and if i can skip immediately there then i'm going to do that and that's why i think i can make decisions quickly sometimes and especially like in business like sometimes it's about speed to market you can't just get caught up paralysis in the analysis doing stuff pity pattying going back and forth my dad would say pussyfooting around <laughs> you got to be decisive yeah and at that time that's what i was trying to do but not everybody is going to be moving at the pace that I am, especially um, when it affects us all different emotionally. So last year um, after, you know, some stuff happened and being re re engaging in this whole situation, I was like, okay, she's not going to drop this unless we can prove without a shadow of a doubt that we've done everything that we can. So that's why I was spearheading it. But But that's not even true either. That's what I thought. That's I was it. like, I yeah. just need to show her that we can't be functional savior, yeah. like, that we're not enough, that the world is so evil, that people's minds can be so debased, that people can be so needy, that sin can be so prevalent, that there is nothing that we feeble little humans can do outside of a revival of God. Like, yeah, <laughs> God. Sometimes it does that. And it's interesting because it's. Yeah, I, I tr- yeah, I tricked myself really into being like, okay, let's try all the things, prove ourselves. Oh, proving yourself. Proving myself. And and that was another thing too at the retreat, whatever you want to call it. Um is we were one of it was like what do we want? But like why do you want that thing? Like what is the selfish reason behind that thing? And mm-hmm. so we also got into like, what do we want? Yeah, we want this good thing for people, right? But like selfishly, I also want this like problem in my life to be solved. Because another one of the girls we were talking and she was like, we relate to this in the same way where it's like, if we had this one aspect of our lives, we would have everything. Like we would have everything that the world says is good. You know, we would have amazing families, um, no fertility issues, as many children as we want, the homes in the nice states and the beautiful suburbs. Um, we would be married for six, 10, 20 years. We would have money. We would have fame platforms. We would have literally everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that is so true. I've been there. That is so scary. I've been there. And the scariest thing about that is getting to a place where you have everything that you want. And even the things that you had goals for and didn't think you could possibly get once you obtain, if there's nothing else, I'm talking not even a cut on your leg or a toothache, you're good. You can right. go to sleep and you have everything. 
you get to a point where you feel like you don't need God. I talk about this in our book. But that's what I felt like when I was yeah. in Bakersfield. And this is even before all the family drama stuff happened. I was just like, wow, I really made it. I'm like 20 years old. And it really just spiraled into depression because I'm like, well, my goal was just to get married, have kids and make some money, buy a house, pay it off. And I did that. So then I'm just like, okay, what else? What else? Right. And it's like, okay, let me go get some new, some more goals. But it's like, okay, but did you see what happened? <laughs> I made some goals and then I accomplished them. And then I ended up in this spot where I'm depressed. So no, the answer isn't more goals. It's a reorienting to be more God focused, to be vertical. Like God, what what am I here for? What am I actually doing? What is my purpose? Yeah. How can I serve you in this? So really to answer your initial question, I don't even know how many minutes ago at this point. No, I don't. I don't fault you or blame you or think like this is a, a failing on your part at all. Because again, I didn't even have, I wasn't even able to put words to a lot of this until I went. Mm -hmm. And then when we talked on the phone, I was like, I don't know what happened, but I feel so good. I feel, <laughs> and it's crazy too, because when we were talking and you were like, okay, if you are like still thinking about this thing, then let's do this. And I was like, I don't think that's the right move. I don't feel good about that, but I'm never going to feel good about this situation because it's evil and it sucks. Like yeah. I will never be unaffected by this. I will always be affected by it. And I don't even think that's God's design for us to not be affected by the evil and the hurt in the world that people are facing. Um, so anyway, yeah, I didn't have words to it. And I forgot what I was saying, but yeah. So how can we prevent this in the future? Because I want to bring this home and make this applicable for them. I wonder, this is a more, this is a more, I would say, advanced marital struggle where I think in the very beginning of marriage, the young married couple feels it, but they don't have the words for it. But when you've been married for a little bit longer, you start seeing these instances where as a man, especially if you are a Christian and you're trying to live like this biblical patriarchal system where God is the head and the husband is the leader of the family and the wife submits to the husband and the kids are submitting. I would to love to write a patriarchal leadership book with you because <laughs> I think we just have that also just so twisted and wrong. Oh, you think? Oh, yes. oh the culture or us? No, not us and us on our marriage. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But oh, <laughs> I was like, hey, that was. I, look, Imagine if because, I'm like, you just got it all wrong. Because we learned so much through the process of writing our last oh, book. I'm like, hey, if there's something I need to grow in in that, which there is, then let's do it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. What I was saying was, it there's these reoccurring problems where it's like, okay, this stuff keeps happening, and we both either individually or together keep going through the ringer. And as a husband, you just Everything ends up being your fault. That's like leadership 101. Always blame yourself. Don't be saying, well, she didn't do this, or she didn't do that, or da da da. No, 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 no. Nobody wants to hear that. God also man, sees it as man up and lead. So everything is your fault. So that's why I'm saying in this situation, I'm like, okay, I hear my wife saying that this has made her borderline depressed. This has made her lose happiness. This has made her lose peace. Okay, this is my fault. How could I have helped? Um, but I do think that there is a partnering that has to happen where like you in a lot of ways were going through that by yourself. Well, and I don't think that leadership means that you see something going on with me and you immediately try to fix it and you try to step and in. It. And that's one thing I will like thank you for, because again, it wasn't until I got back and I made the decisions I had to make and I was like, oh my gosh, something like 
not something, it's not like something happened. I know exactly what happened, but through this, I feel my energy has like come back. Like there mm. were so many things that I needed to do that I was like paralyzed in making any kind of decision or getting anything done because I have this just like terrible thing looming over me that I can't do anything about. And it's like, at some point, that's what they mean by like, oh, I gave it to God or like giving it up to God. It's like, okay, but like, what does that really look like? And I think it looks like this, like choosing, we have a part to play in this. Like, yes, we give it to God. And then we choose to walk in the freedom of decision-making. So tell me this, because again, I want to make this applicable to them. Um, oh, like I said, like, oh, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, first of all, you allowing me to like, basically not really show up. 100 percent in the household like you just like kind of let me write it out without nagging at me or like nitpicking everything and like my crap is everywhere like i don't maybe i shouldn't say borderline depressive episode like maybe i actually was but like i have to make my kids lunches so i was actually having to get out of bed but if we didn't have kids i probably wouldn't have been getting out of bed i probably wouldn't have even been like it got to the point well i'm now that i'm thinking about it i'm like maybe it was more like brushing my teeth taking a shower like it was to the point where i was like those things are optional and I'm, uh, I don't want you to play yourself. That's not from from the outside looking in. You were brushing your teeth. You're taking I a was. shower, but you were probably doing it with the utmost reluctance. Right. In my mind, <laughs> in, I'm internally, like internally. Right. It didn't come off that way. In if my anything, mind, it just I'm like, like you were like your personality was kind of muted because right. there's just so much going on where there's so many people that expect you to fix it, yeah. but they don't know or have a relationship with God, and they don't realize that the problem that they're dealing with isn't fixable by any human means right like at all this we need you're god. you're carrying yeah i'm carrying a god-sized load on my back and i'm like if i don't do this god's gonna be mad at me mm-hmm. you're gonna pickle um, i'm pickle. I am a pickle right now <laughs> <laughs> <She's a pickle. laughs> i was in a pickle and i am a pickle um so yeah i think that was like now that i'm like feeling much more like myself like so much more at peace i'm like wow he really just was like just letting it rock like i was not well i mean you did the same thing um because if i was to flip it to me it would be going through the quarter life crisis and i think in a lot of ways men especially young men can experience the quarter life crisis and i i can't say it's harder but it's so much it's so challenging because again like I'm supposed to lead and men are supposed to be leading their families and they want to be like leading their relationships. So what happens? Okay. If you, you bag a baddie, right? You're dating her, you're engaged, you're married, and you just so happen to be going through one of these. You bag a what? A baddie. <laughs> you just so happen to be going through one of these quarter life crises. You start to feel insecure <laughs> as a man. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, I should be decisive. And right now I have no clue about anything. I have no clue about my relationship. I have no clue about my schooling. I have no clue about my job. I have no clue where I want to go. I have no clue how many kids I want to have. If I want to have them at all, you just start questioning everything. Because a lot of times at that age is where you have graduated high school, college, gotten your first job. And now you're just like, okay, what do I really want out of this life? Because I'm not going to live forever. So like, what am I here for? And unfortunately for a lot of people on the planet, we slash they don't go to the Bible to find these answers. So we start finding identity in so many things that won't ultimately fulfill us. So for me, 
man, I was trying to be strategically disobedient last year where I'm like, okay, raised in the Christian household, still love God, but look, I've accomplished everything that I wanted. I need new big goals. And this time I know that I can accomplish the things that I want. So I'm going to make them super lofty, massive goals, and I'm going to go for them. And that's what's going to be my purpose. So instead of having a five-year plan like I usually do, I'm going to have a 25-year plan. And I was not partnering with God on any of it. And I actually, low-key in a way, don't even like that term because partnering with God made it seem like I'm going to be CEO, I'm going to make the plans, and then God's going to be attached to them. But no, that ain't how it worked. So I had to go through this past year. Really, in a lot of ways, it felt like I was alone because the the contrast or two contrasts, you know, we were both going to the same uh, Christian university, right, online. And then you keep going. And then I stopped going. And I'm like, you know, um, a lot of it was initiated by the abortion podcast that we made because so many people were just like, okay, you're tripping. I'm like, let me explore what they're saying. So I stopped going to the Christian university, start going to the secular uh, community college. And I'm taking these classes that just so happen to talk about these things. So I'm in the secular world and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to learn more in this God absent secular space. I'm really going to be intellectually honest and try and hear what they're saying. And for a while, Kyra, it was feeling good. I feel like I'm learning. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of stuff that uh, Christians be purporting that is just preposterous. It's ridiculous. And I'm going and I'm just like, okay, I got these goals. But I just started feeling this void, this subtle unsatisfaction. And a lot of people would say, okay, oh, go to therapy. I'm just like, this isn't something... I think a therapist can necessarily get to this is like it, it's to the core of me, the core of my being. And obviously being a PK, being raised in church, I know it's like, okay, go to God about it. But I'm like, no, can't do that. <laughs> so again, like I was saying, go to the self-help books, go to the um, nonfiction books. And it's like, okay, maybe I need to read more business. Okay. No, maybe I need to read some self-help. No, maybe I just need to spend some time and love myself more. Oh, that'll do it. So I'm doing that, doing that, doing that. And I still, cannot get this nagging feeling of I just can't get to the core yeah. the essence like why am I here what am I supposed to be doing but meanwhile if I peer over to the next lane I look at Kyra and Kyra seemed to be thriving thriving through the mess because she was also going through an equal but opposite quarter-life crisis and dealing with what we were just talking about earlier in the podcast. So I'm like, how could she be going through so much hell but have so much hope? Because me, I'm like, man, it ain't even that hard, but I feel hopeless. Not depressed. I'm fighting it because I don't want to ever say I'm depressed, but I'm fighting. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm going, I'm going, I'm drowning. And that's what it felt like. (laughs) So finally, I do what I knew I was supposed to do. Stop trying to be strategically disobedient. Um, and what I mean by that specifically is not abiding with God. Like I know I'm supposed to. It wasn't that I was doing nothing crazy. I just wasn't doing the, 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 the habits of grace. I wasn't practicing them. Because I'm like, I got to do what the secular world is telling me to do. Finally, I dive back in this Bible. And this is so crazy how the Holy Spirit can just like, feel you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because we haven't talked about is the fact that Kyra was gone for a few days. And like typically when Kyra gets gone, I know the devil wants to attack me. Uh, I know, and I mentioned um, a few podcasts, not a few podcasts ago, but in some podcasts about 
how whenever Kyra leaves, there's just always something that happens, whether it's, I feel like the boys like waking up in the middle of their sleep and they feel like they're choking. Um, not necessarily like a constant demonic oppression, but it's like when Kyra leaves, I feel like the devil knows like, okay, got him. If I can get him. Boom. Some dominoes can start falling. So I'm usually really vigilant. That's also like when the temptations happen. So I don't like to dig the hole outside of my house. And then when I fall in, just be like, oh, I can't believe I fell inside the, inside the hole. So when Kyra leaves, I make sure that I'm good because I don't want to be falling into lust. I don't want nobody really knowing. So I don't post. It's just hunker down. And I was telling Kyra, like, man, when you left, I was so dripping with the anointing and the Holy Spirit that, like, I was not lusting all and the reason we talk about this between us is like i have a history of like a pornography i want to say addiction but for lack of better words addiction like i grew up watching porn so it's really nothing for me oh now anybody gonna know about it bet boom and yeah i was just like wow so abiding with god and just having the holy spirit at that time it turned what used to be uh, a time where i would be tempted and i would worry that i could fall into sin to a time of worship and having certainty that like, no, God is with me and God is for me. And he won't, um, whenever I'm tempted, it won't be beyond anything that I can bear. So like I can be victorious in that and not even thinking about like the dirty stuff. It was just so great. Just have, just being alone with me and my Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and what I wasn't expecting was so much clarity uncertainty and decisiveness to come from just abiding with God, just reading his word, just allowing the Holy spirit to work on me and my heart gave me a new view of like what I'm doing, what I'm supposed to be doing, where I'm going. And it's not so tied to the worldly success anymore. Yeah. It's not tied to uh, being popular. Well, and even really, I just want to be, I just want to be faithful. Yeah. I just want to be faithful because that's where the joy is. And that's what, that little nagging feeling that I was talking about that I, nothing was filling up. It's like itch that. Oh, it, it's like I got my back scratched <laughs> after some mosquitoes was biting it. It's like, <laughs> I can't even explain it. Yeah. I'm like, I, I was going to say, I feel like even the leadership qualities that have flown for like, just literally oozed from this. Like during my whole, like I just couldn't really get enough energy to do anything like you were cooking dinner mm. you were what you had the broom you were sweeping stuff up like you were helping the boys get their snacks their lunches like I was sleeping in you were taking them to get donuts like do, making them breakfast and like that is that's what leadership is like in the time what did I really need like I needed that gentleness I needed to be taken care of in a different way other than like, let me fix this problem. Let me tell you what to do. Yeah, let me, let me fix this problem feel. so you can come do these things. Instead, gotcha. let me just let you rest and I'm going to do these things. I'm going to pick up the slack. And you didn't complain a single time. And I didn't even, I don't even think I said thank you. Like, I don't even think I realized all I that. Wasn't, I was doing it for you, obviously. But really, I just want to, I just want to do everything excellent. I just yeah. want to, I'm telling you, I was dripping. I was yeah. dripping anointing. I mean, <laughs> I even when happy. I was gone, like the, he cooked 
all their meals like they're making he is barbecuing burgers taking them to the park like their bikes are in the back of our car i was just like where are you getting he was running i was like where are you getting all this energy Damn, from i'm telling you and like that is that is leadership like i and i mean even the fact that i went on this retreat and you weren't like girl you've been sleeping like you don't need the retreat i need the retreat and like i went it wasn't a fight like it was just like of, of course you're gonna go and like you did not complain yeah because and i i really do have to preface and again i keep talking about these theses and i came really, home and the house is clean be, these theses could be books in their own but i'm telling y'all i'm on to something I'm really onto something through my personal experience because I know that I'm not the only guy who has experienced this, is experiencing it, or will. And I know the guys who will and are need hope. They need hope that isn't predicated on um, being in the manosphere or being a high value man. Like, no, your identity is not what Andrew Tate is going to say, what Kevin Samuels is going to say, or any of those random secular dudes is gonna say you need to get in your bible yeah. because you are God not the prize i promise tells you who you is what your purpose is what his will for your life is and that's where you discover it and i'm telling you like i've read the leadership books i did i told you all the self-help nonfiction. i know how to run the business i know how to run the organization i know what to do i know what people are doing it is so uninteresting to me because the most ridiculous thing to me the, the thing that i lack respect of the most for people who are leading big organizations, running big businesses, even making a lot of money that appear super successful is for dudes to be winning in the world, but losing at home. Oh my goodness. The divorce rate amongst high value men, the, the divorce rate amongst people who are just focused on being super successful, getting all this education just to be successful in a worldly sense, just like I have more stuff. It's so ridiculous. I'm like, I could have all the, I could realign all of my goals and get all that stuff again. But if I lose my wife and I don't get to raise my kids, it would just be for nothing. And even worse than that, if I gain all that and lose my soul, like I was trying to do through the strategic disobedience, it would just be so it would it would be like <laughs> it would be losing the most important thing on the planet. And I cannot say that strongly enough. You show me how a person is leading their household. I don't care nothing about the content that you make. I don't care nothing about what you post on Instagram. I don't care nothing about what you say on a podcast. I don't care nothing about what you write about leadership. I want to hear what your wife is saying about you. I, hear what I know. I was saying, I was saying, um, like, oh, in the Christian space, there are a ton of, like, retreats and conferences and gatherings and, like, a lot of times our husbands will like go to retreats and they'll come back and they're like, I have all these business ideas. And the wives are like, I wish you would have came back with something like mm. regarding your first ministry, like your first mission our household. And I was like, it would be funny if whenever there were men's conferences, like the wives had to write in or like men's retreats, like the wives had to write in like, Ooh. this is what he needed. What we <laughs> This is my prayer for him. Like this is the biggest struggle of our marriage. Like that that needs to be like the the leading thing. Mm -hmm. You know what? I appreciate because I needed to, like you said, it was one thing for you to go to the retreat and have your breakthrough because you had to go. You had no phone. You were sitting in it, right? But with you gone, you're gone. So I have to sit 
in what I'm sitting in. Right. And that's why I feel like it was so powerful for me, powerful for me um, in parallel or to contrast what you were saying, because I, I needed that time alone for God to like really show me, hey, you will never be more successful in the outside world than you can be at home, raising your family, catechizing your children, loving your wife, serving her. You're not going to be more successful and move that success needle by giving them a bigger house, by giving them nicer furniture, nicer clothes. Just be a man and provide the necessities, the food, the water. Right. Isn't that crazy too? Even with this most recent thing where I'm just like, I'm kind of not feeling like myself. I feel like I don't have the energy or like the power within myself to do the tasks that I would normally do. Um, And like at the time I didn't need a gift. Like I didn't need you to say, Hey, I got a check for however much money or, Hey, I got more work for us to do. Or like, Hey, I have this business idea or like, Hey, can you help out? Hey, what are you doing? Like snap into it. Like none of those things are what I needed, but those are like the things that people mostly go to, to try to like help somebody or fix somebody. Yeah. And like, no, when you're, when you lead, you go, you lower yourself. I just, I just cannot express enough how much I understand what it's like to be a dude, dude, dude's dude who is out here trying to perform, be the high value guy. You know, you're going to dress nice. You're going to smell nice. You're going to look nice. You're going to talk nice. You're going to be smart. You're going to be well-traveled. You're going to have the baddie. You're going to have the kids. You're going to have the stuff. I there was a point in my life where I felt like if I'm not making a million dollars a year, I'm failing. And I'm telling you like now, Kyra, it is so crazy to me where I'm like, God has done such a work on my heart. Truly. Where I'm like, I just want to be faithful. Yeah. And if that means changing the expense, like, because the, 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 my understanding was, oh my like, God, if I be faithful, and I'm not going to have as much stuff as I have. Mm-hmm. And I got to have my stuff, right? My wife wants this stuff, right? Our kids got to go to private school, right? And it's just like, no. Not that any of those things are wrong. But if you know consciously, like I did, that, you're that you not are willing. withholding <laughs> yeah. or you are running from your purpose or not doing certain things because it won't be popular or it won't be profitable, mm-hmm. economical, well, that's then why you're out of line. You're yeah. out of step. And it's different for everybody. So it's well, like, that's why are you okay so with giving yeah. up? Whatever the stuff is, whatever your treasure is, are you okay with giving that up so that you could be faithful? It's different for everybody. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah, same. And it took all this mess. It took strategic disobedience, <laughs> core life crisis, uh, getting scammed by a friend, all that to just be like, but Wake honestly, up, <laughs> this getting scammed thing was is so interesting to me because I feel like that was God's like gentle nudge. Mm. And like that's the kind of God that we serve, not the one that is like going to kill somebody you love because you're not being obedient or he knows where your heart is at. Like that is the gentle nudge. Yeah, because that, that was a gentle nudge. It, 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 was it, a, it was. It was a big economic nudge, but it was a gentle nudge in that – you know, don't, don't you guys understand? Just enough to get our God, attention. God can love you enough to take everything from you that you love because he loves you. 
Right. So it's like we can get certain stuff taken away or we can go through certain trials. And we can be like, man, God is mad at me. And it's just like, no, <laughs> some of the stuff could just be sin, chaotic world just happening. But God could also take certain things away for you from your for your good. And the real question is, do you trust him enough to believe that you trust him enough to rejoice through the trial? Because God is sovereign. So. And um, somebody had posted this like little little blurb about abiding. And it says flower pot plant placed in pot settles there, lives there, expands there, grows there, becomes one with. And like that to in my mind, I'm like, that makes sense. That is what abiding is. Like you live in this place, you settle there, you expand there, you don't plan on going nowhere. And then like the fruit of that is to be present in peace, needing nothing. Mm. Like that is what happens when you abide. And like, that's what we're experiencing. Yeah. Like I'm right. And I will, I will suffer quote unquote suffer that gentle nudge over and over and over again to experience this, Mm -hmm. the call back to him. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I love that analogy because I, I'm connected to the vine, and like, I'm getting everything I need. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm getting everything I need, like, and that was not the case last year. And I that was wasn't the case for me about forty eight hours ago. <laughs> I was driving so hard. I really was, and it was just futile. It was like chasing a vapor. Yeah. And that's all this life is anyway. So if you make it your chief mission, your life's goal to just accumulate stuff and you accomplish all this stuff outside of God, you're a failure. Right. You are a failure. You are a fool and a failure. And I think people even get confused that it's like, okay, well, I can have this. I'm not chasing stuff or money necessarily but I'm chasing like this wonderful at home life. I'm chasing the ability to provide my wife with whatever she wants. And even that is not abiding. Like even that is not the mission. That is not the focus. That is not why we are here. And but that's what I was kind of like hinting at too. Cause it's just like, again, to make this practical for other people, which I know, I know that there's some people out there going through what I just talked about. So y'all don't even got to make yourself known. I just notice, <laughs> But to make it even more practical for the the married couple, the engaged couple, the dating couple, um, the engaged in dating, this is what you can expect. Um, how can they apply like what we're talking about? Like how can they rejoice through these trials and allow these trials to actually strengthen their faith instead of cause them to stray? How can they go through these things together and have the wisdom to know when they should work on things apart from each other? And not let these things drive wedges in them. Um, you got to be in that word first and foremost. Um, and you got to trust each other. You got to trust that you're on the same team. And if you see your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your fiance or fiance <laughs> going through something, um, just know that you're not alone. Um, Well, and when you're, I think that when you're abiding and you see your spouse struggling, I think that God also leads you there. Like God also speaks to you there. Like this is, 
this this is the kind of leadership I'm expecting from you here. This is the kind of leadership in this issue or whatever. I think that's true too. Sometimes it looks different. Don't compare. Cause, or if you're going to inevitably, <laughs> make sure that you're comparing yourself to the, the right subject. Right. Because if you're looking at where you are in life right now in comparison to somebody who obviously is not following God, then you're playing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it just, it, it hit different. It looked different. You are called to different things, a higher purpose. And the person who is following God, their life is not going to look like the person who is not. And their success isn't going to look the same. Like the world is at enmity with God. So if you think that the, the what characterizes the a Christian successful lifestyle, how they carry themselves, how they talk, how they lead, where they go, is going to look like the worldly success, You've been sold a bill of trash goods. It's not, it's just not true. Your, your life is going to be distinct. It is going to be different. And we don't win how they win. We don't look how they look. We don't talk how they talk. So make sure that you watch who you follow, who you look up to. Because really, it, at this point for me, I want nothing to do as far as aspirations and all, nothing to do with nobody who's following God. You, you are not an inspiration to me. Who's not following God? You got to be following God. You are yeah. not an inspiration to me. If you are a failure at home and Jesus isn't your Lord. Yeah. And me and King were talking about this too, because I remember it back in like 2018. Um, I was definitely listening to podcasts more than I was reading my Bible. Oh, facts. I mean, like I was going to church. So I was like, okay, I did that. Facts. But like I got introduced to podcasts and I was like, oh, it actually really like this. And then before you know it, you start following more people who do podcasts. And it's like, sure, they can. They're just Christians who podcast. But that, that, that doesn't take the place of actually knowing God for yourself and like reading your Bible. And everybody says that. But it really wasn't until <laughs> last year when I'm like in school in my course load is like so much on top of everything else that I already do that I'm like wow I really had myself fooled all those years ago thinking that I was really getting to know God and I wasn't the podcast will not suffice the online church will not suffice even you, going to church in itself will not, suffice. will not suffice. Even if you go into a good church that's preaching through the Bible expositionally because will not suffice. My experience too is before I was going to school, I wasn't really, I was maybe reading, you know, 15 minutes, but I wasn't studying it the way that I am now. And I would go to church and I would be like, wow, that's such a great message. Now I go to church and I know the message before the message is even shared. Like I and it's know still good. and it's, it's it's fruitful yes it's so fruitful it does not return void but it's like before i didn't know what i was missing i didn't know the correlations i didn't know when jesus spoke this that he was actually referencing this in the old testament there was so much that i was missing it's deep. in church it's in rich. sermons that i was like oh that was a good message but now i'm like oh that was a reference to this and this is what this says about god and that matters. Like that is that has been so beneficial to my life to know the word for myself. Because when you apply it to your life, and that's why I'm saying, like y'all heard the specific examples. It's cool because good again. I've been knowing a lot of stuff too. I was debating the stuff, knew a lot. Yeah. But when you go through that trial that brings you to your knees, if you're not looking up, you're just looking around, comparing yourself. Hey, what did you do when you felt? Like, that's what I did. I was calling people. Hey, do you ever felt like this? What did you do? What did I? 
it's embarrassing. Nobody was telling me. Oh, I got in that word. Nobody. And it's crazy for you too, because you growing up as a pastor's kid, like you and your family just throw around scripture all the time. Like, oh, the Bible says this. Well, you know, the Bible says this. And I'm over here like, I actually didn't know that. But you guys can like throw around verses like nothing. But it's even interesting to see for you where when you throw yourself into it, how much more there is to know. I just, I I can't believe I'm about to say this. I'm just so glad this happened. I know, me too. Because in, in so many ways, from the outside looking in, it's just like, bro, where y'all been at for like two years, three years? Like, y'all ain't. And I'm like, hey, y'all, I get it. But like how I feel now, I needed all that to happen so that I could see that my striving was futile. Because if I had succeeded in the way that I wanted to succeed, I would have just, this would have just got kicked just down the going. road. Right. Got kicked down the road. I needed oh, and it's such to a be grace. brought to my knees. I it's needed such a grace and such a kindness. to fail. So if you didn't recognize me over the past three years, you for sure ain't gonna recognize me if I'm being faithful because I do not care about being popular. The stuff that you might hear come out of my mouth, now I'm not gonna be mean, but it's just gonna be biblical. And because what I'm really tired of is people making ambiguous things that are clear about a lot of stuff. And I, Lord knows, I will say it. I will make it plain. I will say it and I will and I'm going to. So strap up. Because it won't be for clicks and to be sensational, but it'll be to be faithful and to give you guys the real food. The, the yeah. real, not milk, the meat of the word. The Because it's, it's really, it's changed my life. And it's crazy too because the change really has just been in like the last three months, four months. Facts. Like, and that's what's that is like crazy. Like, you guys are actually watching like a pivot. Everything is changing in our like whole marriage. Everything, and it was it wasn't even was, bad. That's before. the thing. Like in in comparison, again from the outside looking in, people will be like, "Oh, that's so aspirational," but it's like we know the areas, and God knows the areas that we really need to grow in. To like go from where we were to like where we can be. It's so and wild. There are things that needed to happen in order to like <clears throat> push us there. Because and I'm telling y'all, like everything is changing. Even last year during our anniversary, I was like, oh my gosh, like I am just so happy for us. Like I'm so happy that I get to be married to you. And like I actually have such a great marriage. Like I just cannot believe it. Like I just felt like I had everything. And then a year goes by and our, we just celebrated six years. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't even know it could get better. I thought, I think though, if we would have, it would have taken some time. Because again, it wasn't bad. But I think over the course of like five, ten years, we would have inevitably, like if I kept going down the road that I was going. Right. You would have started to like not even like me. I feel like. Probably because that was at the beginning of your, you know, your. Yeah, if I would have kept going thing. down quarter life crisis. And instead of God being where my affections went. I decided to start a new business and just go full force at that. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm not going to be home. I'm going to be spending 45, 50 hours. But a even week last year, the entire year was not like I wouldn't be, say, like, I mean, it was kind of like. That okay. summer when I was asked. Well, that wasn't an, an us thing. That no, was other. School, in person, work, training, yeah, real estate. But I always, I'm the kind of person where I'm just like, 
oh, you know, oh, whatever. They're just having a little moment. Like I work, my mind kind of works in that way too, where like sometimes I'll be great. Sometimes for like two weeks, I'm super insecure and like I can't be on Instagram because I'm like crying over everything because I just like feel like I'm so all these things. And then the next month I'll be great. I'll be great for like five months. And then I'll have this moment or like this random obsession with like this thing. So I just feel like that's kind of how Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's how everyone kind of is. Like sometimes you we're know, you didn't know what I had cooking. I'm telling you. But you're my, severe. My commitment was you are about to be forty to sixty hours a week to build a whole new business and it was not going to be an at home business. I was about to be gone, gone. Gone, gone. And that was like my goal to be like gone, gone. But And I don't know why. I was hustling backwards. That really was because you would have been, you would have been so lonely. Like me and the boys would have been lonely. Yeah, you would have because me and the boys would have. Was my idol? We would have built an work entire life. I, I would have. I was making an idol out of that. So work was worship, and for a long for for a bit, you can fool yourself. You yeah. can be fulfilled in that, even as everything around you. That's this is why so many dudes can be workaholics. They could be so emotionally disconnected, and then come home. To like their wife slash roommate. And the wife is just looking at him like, hello. Hello, I'm here. Your kids are pleading for you to lead us to be present, to maybe not take on so much work because we don't actually want the money. We want you. Right. And they're just like, no, you can just not care. It, we dudes are different. We can just bury ourselves in work, get distracted in it. And I think a part of it though is because, and if you're a guy like this, we know deep down inside the real work we're supposed to be doing, the, the real standard, the real calling that we have. The actual hard and, stuff. And this is why I think that it's really cowardice behind it. And it's a, it's a lack of leadership. And I don't respect it at all because we can know, we can bury ourselves in work. We can try and stand on that. <laughs> I work super hard. I deserve this and that. But deep down, you know that you should be a better husband and father. But you know that that's actually going to be more work but the, the version of better hot husband and father they think in their mind is like oh just being at home on the weekends taking your kids to the park for a few minutes but it's really know. it's really the first of all it's the heart behind it it's the heart while you're doing the thing like you're you're doing the dishes every night because your wife needs to rest or you're running a wife your wife a bath at the end of the night even though you just got off work or you're giving you're massaging your feet your wife's feet even though you're the one that's been working all day or whatever it is like that that is actual the hard part and then doing it with good intentions and a good heart they know (laughs) and that's what i'm saying i know i'm preaching to the choir they know better so this is your brother caitlin telling you let's do better let's do better i've said all i need to say me I tell my own kids this because my kids you know better, do better. I'm raising young men. You know better. You've, you've, you've been shown better. I'm leading by example. Big brother is leading by example. Mommy is leading by example. Do better. It's better to learn it now than later. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like little bros. Sons. <laughs> I'm 25. I'm living the mistakes in front of y'all little tails that you are going to be making in 20 years. So heed, heed this advice 
young man, <laughs> little boy. <laughs> Learn better, know better, do better. Yeah, I do think a lot of dudes they know. They oh, they know better. for sure. Anyway, you have anything else you want to bring? That's all. You talk about the Holy Spirit. What? We're talking about the Holy Spirit right now? <laughs> no, I I I was gonna talk a little bit about friendship, but I feel like we'll we could do one. a part two of the podcast. Just run it. Want to run it? R- really? Hey, I'll take a month off. I'll spend <laughs> more time with my Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. As you always say, let's, let's keep, keep growing, growing together. together.